What is up? That's right, Sigma Man here. We have to do an emergency pod because the NBA trade deadline has just happened. It's just finished and it's within reasonable hours for us. So we thought, why don't we jump, jump on a pod and talk about it? Now, we've got House Lasky, guys are all familiar. We have got Salt Bray and we have our own correspondent from the Orlando Magic. Yes, I'm sorry. We have James <laughs> Ultria here as well. Thank you for having yeah. me back on the Yeah. Uh, we had to have you on because Orlando Magic uh, are doing sort of a trust the process, blowing the whole team up. The, the tanking is on. So we are going to go through the top storylines. Uh, we picked up five key trades that we want to talk about and we are going to head to Orlando first. Nikola Vucevic going to Chicago. The deal is Amino, Amino and Vucevic to the Bulls. In return, the Magic will receive Wendell Carter Jr., also Porter Jr., a 2021 first-round pick, which is top four protected, and a 2023 first-round pick. So we've got fans of teams of both camps, which is really interesting. We are going to head to Ultra for your reactions on losing your... your franchise cornerstone on, on Vooch and how you feeling about that well first off I don't know if you can uh, say that we've got fans of both teams here because I'm pretty sure one of them's a Miami fan <laughs> <laughs> no, and, he's back uh, on the bandwagon now now he's got Vooch <laughs> we're, we're, we're uh, as Bray's lifting his shirt up I'm gonna I'll give a little tribute my man Vooch on the t-shirt <laughs> is that Gore's hat in the post as well another magic boy oh yeah yeah, yeah, that's a good shout. I think uh, I think Wilding got me this shirt actually years ago. <laughs> it's super tight on me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, talk, uh, yeah. Go the part beach. What a deadline! I mean, throughout the whole week, everyone was expecting Gordon and Fournier to be going, so I was prepared for that. But then opening up all the big trades, all of a sudden, Vooch is getting traded, and that that was like a massive shock because. He's been here for so long and he wanted to stay. And he's someone whose his game doesn't rely on his athleticism. So I feel like going forward, even though he's 30, he can still he's still going to be a great star to have around. So to sort of just scrap everything and set, ship him off for picks, I mean, it just set the precedent for the afternoon, just sort of everything followed from that onwards. Because then that pretty much confirms Orlando is just going to be giving away everything. Yeah, and if, and if you look on the other side, Bray, talk to me about the Bulls. We've had conversations throughout the pod for many weeks about how me and George think that the Bulls are going to make the playoffs. Surely they're going to be making the playoffs now with this acquisition. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you would expect them to now. Um, now they've got two All-Stars. Obviously, it's great. Um, to clarify, my position on the Bulls up to now has been their ceiling um, as of four hours ago was basically a, a first round out. That was their ceiling for the team. And with this acquisition, um, and, and as a result of that, I did want them to blow it up. I wanted them to trade Levine. I wanted them to do exactly what Orlando were doing because I didn't think that was a good enough ceiling for this team. I didn't think Levine was the best guy on a team that makes a playoff run. Um, now they've got someone like Vooch, who is, I think, better than Levine um, and you know does way more as it comes to facilitating the ball. 
Um, Levine is, is a very, very efficient scorer, but that is really the only thing he does. Um, neither of them play very much defense, but that's by the by. Um, and yeah, so I think now they've kind of got a, a 1A, 1B punch. Um, I don't know who comes out as the alpha dog um, in that, but um, I think together, they, yeah, they're, they're pretty good. It kind of means now your ceiling of the team is a second round out instead of a first round out. However, um, it does kind of put you, it puts you way more in the mix with those kind of tier two teams. So obviously they can't compete with the likes of um, the Bucks, the Nets or uh, the Sixers um, as, as currently constructed. Um, I would probably say they probably can't compete with Miami with the moves that they've made, but we'll talk about that um, later on. And I, you know, I think they're now in that second tier it means that they can go either way. If they overperform, it kind of pushes them up. Maybe you think they have a chance. If they are able to make other moves in the off season, they start looking much better for next year. Um, I like the I like the decisiveness. I like the fact that they've decided to go one direction or the other and have not sat in mediocrity. Um, so congrats for that. They have made their job very difficult moving forward though, because now they, that first pick they gave up, top four protected. If they do well this year, which you would expect them to, it'll be fine to lose that. You're not too concerned. The second one kicks in, I believe, just as uh, Vooch's contract is coming to an end. So it depends what state he's going to be in at the end of his contract if he's still a productive player. And it also kicks in, like Levine's current contract ends a year before that pick uh, goes up. Now, as a result of taking on Al Farouk Aminu as well, they cannot extend Levine's current contract because they are, are capped. Mm. They can, however, offer him more money than everyone else in free agency. And if they have success in the next couple of years, we'll be in a great position to do that. So it has made their road more difficult, but not impossible to keep this team together and to, to make moves to make it even better. The only thing I would say I'm disappointed in is the fact that they didn't pick up a point guard. They were going after Lonzo and they didn't manage to, they didn't manage to get him. Um, I don't blame the Pelicans because Lonzo is great. Unfortunately, Kobe White is not a point guard, in my opinion. He's a shooting guard. All he does is jack shots. I don't think he could control that offense. Satoransky is... He's a good NBA point guard. I don't think he is a starting NBA point guard. I think that's what they're missing now. Obviously, Vooch is going to be having a load of touches, be able to dictate the offense. He gets a load of assists. We know that, so that's good. However, you know, if you look at the... Basically, this is a poor man's Denver Nuggets. Like, the Denver Nuggets have Jamal Murray, who, who does have a lot of those... Ball, does a lot of those ball-handling duties and, you know, does direct that a bit. And I think that's what they're missing at the moment. Let's let's flip on the the magic side of things. Uh, Ed, you must be happy with bringing in two first round picks here. I think you've done very well. Before we get to that, can I? I just want to clarify something. Uh, Bray, did you have Zach Levine as an All Star this year? Uh, I I can't actually remember. I might not have done. He was he was in that group on the edge. Oh yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, go, sorry, I go don't on. think I did based on their record. I think. Okay. <laughs> I know, it's just interesting because obviously you said Vooch is better than Zach Levine, but there was no way Vooch could be an all-star. And it's just funny. You know, I'm, not, I'm just picking at you. I didn't say there was no way Vooch could be an all-star. I said that, I, I think I said that I thought Sabonis should have made it ahead of him, which is not out of the realms of possibility here. Let's not act like this is totally blasphemous. Like, and There's a lot of people who should have been all-stars this year. Yeah, so, like, 
the, the part of the reason I bring that up is just I just find it so intriguing when the national media talk about players which I know they haven't seen before and they've just asked a couple of people and not necessarily watched the games because <laughs> you, I hear all the stuff about Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon I had no idea about like all of a sudden the local media uh, the national media know all there is to know about the Orlando Magic's roster and the situation for the past couple of years which I find super interesting but anyway that's just something I had to get off my chest there a little bit um, in terms of the Magic perspective now the going in, as you said, Alex, um, getting two first round picks, that was what Orlando said throughout. It would need to take a Drew Holiday-like type deal to get, Orla- to get Orlando to move away from Vucevic. I didn't expect that to happen. I didn't expect a team to give up two first round picks for, Vuc- for Vucevic. Like, he's a 30-year-old centre who's not great defensively, but is amazing offensively. But as Ultra said, because he isn't that good defensively, he's not, his game isn't based on his athleticism, it's mostly skill that could translate for another couple of years. And he's been very durable. I don't remember every time when Vuj has been out for an extended period of time and he's been mm. almost durable player this year as well when, as you know, Orlando have been ravaged by injuries. So when actually, so the reason I found out is I looked at, I was, I was working, I looked at the group chat and Bray said something about the Bulls making a trade. So oh, let me see what the trade was. I clicked my bleacher notification. There's like three things, red alarm. Vuj has been traded to Chicago. I'm like, what? And then I looked at the trade, I'm like, they seriously gave up two first-round picks. Chicago, who, I mean, mm-hmm. they might make the play-in. And again, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that Chicago are in the lottery this year and even in two years' time because there are so many... I feel like there are quite a few competitive teams in the East. And one credit to the NBA is I always felt the NBA regular season isn't competitive. It's just a bit of a drag, which is why I like the format we have where we talk about all the teams and it's quite interesting. The fact that they've got the playing tournament makes a lot of teams feel that, you know what, we can actually make the playoffs. They have this irrational confidence about their organization, which I now feel Chicago is part of it. Like I do credit them for saying, you know what, we're going to make a push. But now this is rational arrogance. They think, you know what, we can make a push. We can win a playoff series like Orlando did for the past couple of years. Because of that, a lot of teams feel, feel that they can make the playoffs and etc. So there are a lot of buying teams, something that me and Bray spoke about previously. To get, again, two first-round picks for Vucevic, a 30-year-old centre. The one good thing about Vucevic's contract, which they also did with Gordon, is that it is a declining salary. So the salary is declining year on year. So next year is going to be less than it is this year. So I think this is something like 24, next year it's like 22. So that's one positive from caps, uh, from a salary cap situation for both players. But when I did see you know, Chicago get two first-round picks, I'm not mad at the decision organisation started to take because they saw Vucevic coming to the end. They had this pitch which they could they had this offer which they couldn't turn down. They pulled the trigger, and then we all knew Fournier and Gordon were gonna go go out anyway. This just helped. And I think part of it is also down to the injuries Orlando had. I felt that again, irrational confidence from the organization. They felt, you know what, we can make the playoffs again. We can win a first round series if everyone's healthy. Everyone got injured, pulled the trigger. You know what? Let's just start all over. Yeah, great move for Orlando for me personally. Chicago Bulls also pick up Daniel Tice, which is something that Bray didn't know about. Another backup big, um, another well, person who can pick up some defensive stats for them and uh, on that side of the ball. We move to the second important trade, another team making a push, uh, well, contender in my eyes, a team that went to the finals last year. Uh, Miami pick up Victor Oladipo. So they obviously get Vic. On the other side of things, the Rockets, they only really receive Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and a draft swap. That's peanuts. Bray, this is, this is, this is your team. How are you feeling about the Heat? Um, like, better than the Bulls. Um, they, their, their moves are objectively better because 
you got you mentioned it, Ed, like two first round picks. You didn't think they were getting that. It's probably too much. One, you go the balls, you the balls are laughing. Um, two, two is a bit much, especially as you mentioned that he's he's deep. Um, but for Miami, they all they've done is strengthen themselves. They give up Avery Bradley, who hasn't played because he's been injured and because they've already got some really good young guards. Great. Um, they give up Kelly Linick, who had been good for them, but personally, I don't like him. I, he just he was a bit of a sieve on defense. Not that good at not that the kind of clip or shooter that you want. Um, just I it didn't sit injured well. Kevin Love as well. Huh? Remember that injured Kevin Love. Oh, I thought you said traded for oh, Kevin. Oh, I know. Yeah, really bad the injury. Shoulder, the shoulder. Yeah, it's oh, really bad. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Blimey. But yeah, so anyway, he wasn't for me. Um, it's it's just a great trade for them. They they add Oladipo, who granted is probably just going to be a rental for half a season. He's probably gone after that because I don't think they're going to pay him unless you know they've got a lot of money committed in a lot of places. Um, maybe they will, maybe they won't. I think he's expressing interest about being in Miami anyway, and you know how infectious that culture is. I really like it for them. They get an extra scorer to make up where the likes of Duncan Robinson. Uh, Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero have been a little bit lackluster this season. Uh, he's someone you can rely on a little bit more, you'd hope. Um, and on any given night, if you've got that list of guys, one of them has got to be scoring, surely. So uh, it helps you shore up on that side. And yeah, Houston didn't have a leg to stand on because they, they knew he was out of there. It, it's not really this trade that's bad. It's the trade to get Ole Depot that's bad for them because they should never have wanted to end up with Oladipo in the first place. They, you know, if they, if they get Karis Levert out of that trade, for example, they're absolutely laughing. They would have got way more for Levert. Ultra, from watching Vic from a really young age, and now he's at this stage in his career where he obviously wants to win now, what do you think that he provides to the Heat in terms of their trying for them, trying to get back to the finals? Um, he's like as the years have gone by he sort of switched rather from uh, when he was younger he was a lot more attacking whereas now he sort of sells for jumpers more which is generally the direction of the league anyway but uh, yeah, and he can he, he can have those games where he goes off and he can be that guy and there'll definitely be someone's help out Jimmy Butler I mean what the heat will have now is good problems have you've got like tons of players in the backcourt now and they're all going to be competing for their spot mm, so I think yeah. a lot of players in the heat now will step up because of him there I think also so they don't want to lose their spot for him coming in so the, it matches up quite nicely in the east now just thinking about it because you would say arguably some of the best teams in the east you've got Milwaukee Boston and uh, Brooklyn all of them have got elite wings or guards that need defending. They've got Jimmy there who can hold mm. out one of them. And now they've got Oladipo there who can help as a second secondary on-board defender and they can switch, which will be really, really nice. Seeing that matchup, the Boston versus, I imagine a Boston versus Heat matchup will be really fun because it, it just feels like so much athleticism on that court, a lot of switching, and I think they match up quite well. So I think even from that respect, it's quite good. But what Bray was saying, it's just these six-month rentals or half-a-season rentals, I don't ever... It, ever remember like these good of a players being available uh halfway through the season on, on expiring it's always maybe second okay maybe third or fourth tier players but you can class all the deep as a second tier player it's surprising that i don't know it, it feels like there's so much more talent being traded and it's like 
You give up all these assets for one. Yeah. Like Kawhi Leonard made sense because at least it was a year. And you know what? They got what they wanted at the end, which was a title. But if you don't get it, yeah. it feels like a stupid decision. Yeah, but you're completely... Go on, go on, Roger. Uh, at least with this, they haven't given up too much exactly. for the rental. And if, if it doesn't work out well, then they'll clear quite a lot of cap space mm. out yeah. of it. It's think, not um, the worst rental. I think Iguodala is borrowing as well, isn't it? I think they're going to they're gonna yeah. end up getting a fair amount off their books. Um, and obviously, the one thing that we haven't talked about, the, the person that they've got that the Boston Celtics don't have is Pam Adebayo, yeah. who is a young player who's an absolute monster and someone you want to build around. So, um, you know, this this move allows them to go smaller, um, which I quite like. Um, they're going to struggle against the Sixers, I think. But I, I do. Do you know what? I, I, I wouldn't say that. Bam, Bam defends and beat really well. Yeah, yeah. And he also, when Bam was a rookie, he matched up against Embiid in the playoffs. And I thought, and he was, a, he was coming off the bench at this point because Whiteside was actually starting for them. And I thought, this guy is, he can handle Embiid. Like, not in a sense of like completely shutting down, but yeah, he can force Embiid to make tough passes. You know. It would be it would be harder for him to get to his thirty points than let's say going up against I don't know Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, I like it. I think I think I think we're all agreed in that. We like we like what the Heat have done here. Um, there doesn't seem to be too many too many detractors really. Um, other than now, Spolstra has probably got a hell of a job trying to find everyone enough playing time, keep everyone happy, um, and, and things like that. Another note on the heap, just before we move on, they also picked up Bielitsa as well. We don't really need to delve too much into that. And also talking about the amount of players left, the quality players, apparently Marcus Aldridge is a favourite to sign with the heat as, as a buyout. Obviously, we'll see how that progresses and we'll talk about that in future week. The third uh, trade we're going to talk about is the dunk champion, because he was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Aaron Gordon, D, uh, AG double zero. He goes to Denver along with Gary Clark, and the Magic get back in return. They get Gary Harris, they get RJ Hampton, and they get a 2025. Ooh, that's a long, that's a long way away. First round pick, which is pre- protected. Ed, thoughts on this trade? Um, so going in before the deadline, Boston seemed to be the um, leading candidate. And I was actually quite excited when I heard shit, Marcus Smart could be part of the part of the trade because they didn't really have any other pieces Boston to provide. And Marcus Smart feels like a better option than a lot of other players that I heard being thrown around. And I thought, you know what? It would be really fun to see Marcus Smart and Michael Carter Williams in the backcourt. That would just be super hard for guards to get anything on. I thought that would be really fun to watch. But anyway. Um but then then the reports came out that Marcus Smart isn't part of the deal. And I think if I was Orlando, you, you and I'd be like, you know, fuck you, Boston. If you're gonna not play ball with us, like, we're, we're gonna we're gonna go to Denver. We're gonna get another deal from Denver. Um, whether it was a first round pick from Denver or a first round pick from Boston, it didn't really matter too much. The pieces. Um, so the organization looking at what pieces Boston can provide versus the pieces that Denver can provide, that felt a bit more assured with what Denver could provide because Gary Harris has already been the starter. He's been in the league what six, seven years. They thought, you know what, we'd rather take him. We know Fournier will probably going out. We need a shooting guard to come in. There are injury concerns, but you know what? Let's just still get him in and let's just get RJ as well. We'll see what he does. We know he was, he was aboard and then he got drafted. So let's see if we can develop in on our system for a little while. Getting a first round pick, cool. Um, from an AG, from AG's perspective, he's now gone from being the second or third option in the team to now the third or fourth. 
if that's something that he wanted cool fair play to him he did say that you know he wants a bit more notoriety and you know wants to be in a star in the spotlight a bit more go to a bigger market cool fair, fair. and there's not all, again grass isn't always greener so if you did want to move credit to him go cool do your thing good six seven years one thing is that i think with the orlando roster everyone was overqualified for their role gordon would ideally be a third or fourth option which is good for denver um fournier would should be a third option vucevic should be a second option because it's always nice to have a guard and a big combo which is what most teams have when a guard is just purely by a, a big is purely by himself it's not the same because you don't get the same distribution from a guard if if orlando had like a point guard let's just say damian lillard i just think the orlando magic would made a, a massive jump compared to another team who if you just insert one superstar if you were to do that everyone sort of hierarchy change in it and everyone sort of fits in their position a bit better so from Again, from the Orlando perspective, blowing everything up, just get as many assets as we can from Denver. Maybe Gordon is better suited to be third or fourth option in a team where he can play alongside um, Jokic and can have a bit more floor spacing. I think this spells trouble for Michael Porter Jr. here. I, I thought he would be I, 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 I really like the two of them together. Yeah. I really uh, like the... I don't know, man. I think his ego is too much. I think it, I, Gordon's taking over as the third option. Let's be real here. And Michael Porter Jr., somebody who asked for more shots in the playoffs. I, I disagree with that because if that was the case, I reckon they would have traded Michael Porter Jr. I reckon Michael Porter Jr. is third option and AG's fourth. That, that, that's just my perspective. I think, I think, I think Gordon, AG, go on, bro. I was going to say, I think he's, and you guys can probably attest to this, but I think he's willing to do the other stuff. But Michael Porter Jr. isn't like when he's on the floor, he will rebound, he will defend, um, he will make that extra pass. Um, I don't oh, know. Porter Jr. is a big rebounder, but uh, I'll say for Gordon, a massive thing about having him, he's great defensively, like you were saying. He's and he, you're gonna Denver, they now have like their sort of Kawhi stopper, like they've got they have a great defensive wing now. And I think that's going to be massive for them. I mean, no, Jokic is like great as he is offensively. He's awful on D. Probably one of the worst defensive players you'll see. So, I mean, having Gordon there for extra D is great for them. He's also someone who can help handle the ball. And so, with Jokic, he's going to get Gordon those open shots. Because the thing with Gordon is he's he does take so many contested shots, but with someone like Jokic who can create and sort of Jamal Murray to stretch the floor, I think he's going to have so much better shooting opportunities. My, my, uh, my dark, well, I would say my underrated part of this trade is RJ Hampton. I think for you guys to pick up RJ Hampton, who is somebody who hasn't had a lot of opportunity and is, was a risk for the Nuggets to draft and to put him in a situation where there's no expectations on Orlando, especially in this year. He's going to play, uh, going to get a lot of playing time, able to make mistakes. I think he could be a really good piece for you guys moving forward. Mark yeah, I mean, the only thing with that is, I, I think I'm not sure where he's going to fit in when Coantity and Fultz are back from injury. There's going to be three of them fighting for those spots. Especially if we draft a point guard or a shooting guard in the draft as well. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, then it gets interesting. <laughs> Speaking of more Orlando players, another player was moved. Uh, Evan Fournier, as expected, uh, the 
you know, the reports came out about him asking for a trade and he said, uh, always like, that's false. But everybody knew he was eventually going to get moved. He goes to the Celtics for only two second round picks. So not a lot in return. Initial thoughts on this, guys? So, again, not, not as much as you were saying. You would hope, even if it's like a late first round pick, it's better than two second rounders. Two second rounders just seem meh. Like, you, unless you're a really good team that knows how to draft, it doesn't seem anything. And I was looking a bit at Orlando Magic's draft history with the, when we went from Rob Hennigan to Jeff Waltman. And that was in 2007 when Isaac, uh, Jonathan Isaac was drafted. Since then, they've drafted nine players. And excluding the two rookies that are on the team this year, only two of them are still on the team. They have not been able to really draft any second rounders that stayed on the team or had. I mean, I did like Wes Wondu, but he went to he went to Dallas. He was probably a ninth, tenth player on a team. Yeah. Um, Melvin Fraser came in as a potentially good start of a second round player. He never really got any game time. Orlando just never really been able to hit on the second on their second rounders. Um, and saying that, it just feels like they're just gaining assets rather than this is something we're gonna we're gonna we're going to draft someone in the second round that's going to be great it's just more asset collecting if that was the best offer they had that was the best offer they had and yeah Bray, boss, oh, oh, oh. Sorry, I was going to say Evan was not going to get signed um, after this year they did move a lot of yeah. uh, salary by getting rid of Gordon and Vucevic but they were not going to extend Evan I think Evan also came, there was a report coming out that Evan wasn't going to sign in Orlando anyway so it made sense to move on well, he definitely went out with a bang because he hit a game winner in his last game for Orlando, yeah. which is is pretty nuts. Bray, your your team is Boston Celtics in the sixth man. So, what does this mean for the Celtics? It, well, Ultra was speaking to me and said that the Celtics fans were going mad on Reddit about Danny Ainge and you know them talking about wanting to make a move. Was this a good move for them? Well, yes and no. Like. It obviously it's a good move in terms of they're using the trade exception they got. So that now you you look at it and you say, okay, we didn't lose Aaron Gordon for nothing. Fine. Um, he does fit really well with their team because he's another perimeter scorer who can take on some of the load from Brown and Tatum. Uh, he handles the ball quite well. So when Kemba's off, maybe he maybe he plays guard. Um, when Kemba and Tatum are on the bench, um, and you know him and Jalen Brown get to go at it, but. You know, having another guy does mean, hopefully, that everyone will get easier shots because that's their biggest thing. They, they take such difficult shots. And the only reason they are 500 there or thereabouts is because Brown and Tatum make really difficult shots. So, fingers crossed, it helps it helps things get a little bit easier for everyone. Um, I don't, you know, it, Gordon would have been so much better, but... They weren't willing to pay the price. Um, they just weren't willing to do it. Fair enough. Quickly, I want to say something about um, Evan Fournier's role on Boston because um, I was trying to think where would where would he fit into that team? Because arguably, your two starting wings are um, Jalen and uh, Tatum. Yeah. Then does Tatum move to the four and does Evan slot in a shooting guard? If not, maybe Evan will be really nice coming off the bench. If Evan Fournier I, I is your six man bench, coming off your sure. bench, that is amazing. He will be cooking yeah, second units. He would be cooking second units. And yeah, because just, the Celtics bench is awful. I was yeah, just yeah, checking, actually. Um, Boston are 19th from bench efficiency this year, so that could really help them um, get some points whilst Tatum and Brown are resting. 
Yeah, I'd love to see. Like, does he do? I don't know if he does any good in the pick and roll, but he's got. They've got Tristan Thompson. They'll both be coming off the bench probably. Um, if Robert Williams can get the uh, get the start. Time uh, Lord, here um, he comes. He's unleashed. That's the thing with um, when the trades were first coming out. That was what I was saying to Ed. I was saying with us moving Vooch, I really thought we'd make a play for Robert Williams with Gordon. Maybe but, that was the piece they didn't want to give up. But yeah, but because of them giving away Tice, it shows that they're committing to him. And I really like him. And I think he should start. He should get so much more minutes than what they're giving him. Now's a chance. We also got to remember that Fournier is not going to finish games. He is a bench guy through and through because they're going to have Kemba. Oh, well, just, on their team, he will be. Not, the not he is. <laughs> on their team, he will be. Like he, he will be, he will come off the bench to shred second units and score points. And when it comes down to the end of the game, he's not going to be on the floor because they've got Kemba, who you can't, you, you're not going to say. I mean, to be honest, there is an argument to say you play him over Kemba. You're not going to play him over Smart. You're not going to play him over Tatum. You're not going to play him over Brown. They do need the center. So unless you're saying I'd rather close with Evan Fournier at point guard, you're not going to play him at the end of the game. It'll probably be Marcus Smart at point guard and then Fournier will be at the two. But yeah, potentially because Evan is a better defender than Kemba. So that could, that, you know, you could be ahead of Kemba in the closing unit, especially. It's disrespectful to Kemba, but he is a shadow of his former self. The fifth trade I wanted to talk about in detail with you guys is between Portland and Toronto. There was a guard that was supposed to be moving out of Toronto, but the wrong guard, it was Norman Powell instead of Carl Lowry. So he goes to the Blazers. I wonder what uh, George thinks of this. And in return for the Raptors, they get Rodney Hood and Gary Trent, Trent Jr., both uh, two scorers. Yeah. Unpick this, guys, because uh, this um, Norman Powell's been balling out this year. Yeah. Uh, he's got a really good opportunity. I know he's in your fantasy team, which are, right? Uh, both of them are, Trent Jr. and Powell. Yeah. <laughs> I. It's a bit of a sideways move but it's gearing Toronto up for the long term because Powell and Trent Jr. are both automatic three-point shooters. And so we're going with Trent Jr. They're going with someone who's five years earlier, might potentially sort of get to sort of where Powell's at or better and for cheaper. But yeah, uh, for Portland, I think it's it's a massive upgrade for them because he is, like you said, I think over the last month, he's been averaging like nearly 30 points a game. He's been going crazy. Mm. And so with Portland getting Nurkic back from injury now as well, all of a sudden, I think Portland are right up there now. Yeah. CJ and Norman Powell. That is fire. I think Jordan's got a lot to look forward to for that team. Yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting to see Dane finally get some, some help back. Um, Ed, uh, bro, what do you think about this trade from a from a sense of you know Portland making a push? Uh, they they got knocked out in the first round after winning their bubble playoff. Did they progress any further after making these, this trade? Depends on the matchup. Like it, it all depends on season. Because if if they end up playing the Lakers with LeBron and AD, they're probably not getting through. If they end up playing the Suns, Jesus, that's going to be a close one. They end up playing the Jazz. I can't see it, you know, but um, let me just get out the standings now. If they end up if they end up playing Denver, it's a struggle. The Clippers, I think they can beat. The Mavs, they can beat. The Spurs, they can beat. The Grizzlies, they can beat. 
the Warriors they can be. You know, they're kind of in that kind of just sub sub tier one. Like it's really really tough for them. Um, and personally, I don't know if Norman Powell is that much better than Gary Trent. I remember what Gary Trent was doing in the bubble. He lights out. Um, it was big time, yeah. He went, so yeah, he went to the life. Is it, Ultra said it at the start, it's a sideways move. We're going to see. I hope for Dame's sake that it is an upgrade because he has put in so much work. I think he just needs to rest for a bit to get ready for the playoffs so he can turn it back on. Yeah, I'm kind of interested. I'm kind of interested where he's going to fit in because in Toronto they played they played a very small backcourt with Lowry, Van Vliet, and Powell all together. But they had Lowry to make up on the defensive end. I don't know how Dame, Lillard, and Powell are going to be defensively if they're all on the court together. That's yeah. my only sort of gripe of it. I'm not sure where he's going to fit in or if he'll just coming off the bench yeah that's a very interesting question especially as Dave and CJ will log a lot of minutes so it'll be interesting to see what happens in the depth chart for sure there's something I wanted to go through with you guys there's a lot of trades I just wanted, wanted to call out the trade you're simply going to give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down see if you like the move uh, and you're going to give a thumbs up on the team that I'm proposing it to because obviously normally trades are one way so the first trade George Hill to the Sixers. Okay, let's decide. We we going thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs Fine. up. They don't give up too much for Lowry. Another guy to ball handle in backcourt. So hope he stays healthy. The next trade is JJ Redick to the Mavs. Um, JJ good with that. Yeah, JJ and Melly. I don't. I'm not too keen on it for for Pelicans because they need three point scoring and. JJ had such a good two-man game going on with Zion. Mm. So I'm a bit... And Pe Pelicans are like my, my team at the moment. <laughs> they're, they're my nuggets, yeah. so I'm a bit sad to see him go. But I, it's I a great move for him. He wanted to move closer to home. Also, with their timelines, um, I doubt New Orleans are going to make the playoffs. And I think this is JJ's last year on this specific contract. So they, yes. were, they, were, they were trying to get something back for him. So that's why I'm just be like, mm, okay, I guess I can see it from New Orleans' perspective. Rondo to the Clippers and I mean Lou Will to Atlanta maybe we should do it that way around I think Lou Will to the Hawks do we like that? Yes. Like there's nothing there yeah. on either side I don't know I'm not there's nothing there on either side okay and sorry to run the thumbs up that's quite funny Lou Will uh, put on Instagram this week um, someone trolled him on his comment saying Yo, lol you're getting traded this week or something and he replied to it saying if I get traded, I'm retiring. So I find, <laughs> I find it quite funny that he's got traded now. We'll see if he sticks to his word. <laughs> hey, however, I mean, ATL for a personality like Lou. I was just going to say. That's his hometown. He's going the, home. The only place the only place where that wouldn't have been the case is in Atlanta. He went to the one place where he probably isn't retiring. He's just extended his career by about five years uh, by going to Atlanta. Um <laughs> From Clippers' perspective, obviously, I've spoken a lot about the Clippers and their point guard rotation and what they've yeah. been lacking. We've mentioned one, they are unable to sort of get some dog in them and get to the line and just be really aggressive. And secondly, they have not had um, a, a primary a primary ball handler and someone who can defend um, guards alongside Patrick Beverly, because as I said before, they are being cooked 
by other teams' guards. So from the Clippers' perspective, probably one of the better moves that they could have made, getting Rondo in and someone who can hopefully whip those boys into shape. And um, from Atlanta's perspective, it just seemed like it wasn't working with Rondo and Trey Young. Trey, Trey Young didn't take that leap you'd expect him to take this year and has almost regressed, so to speak. Maybe it wasn't the right move getting Rondo in and maybe didn't fit well with um, Trey Young. I don't know too much about what their relationship has been. I haven't seen too much about it. Might be something to ask Wildy. Um, getting Lou Wilhelm off the bench, well, I guess they'll get some more scoring. Yeah, I guess. I like, yeah, I I like that. I'll, I'll, tip, I'll tip my thumb up, man. <laughs> I like so, Lou, Lou Will to Atlanta. He actually had a, a really nice stretch for the Hawks and he actually got injured, but he was on course to win sixth man of the year. Um, and then he made his comeback with the Raptors and he's been great ever since. There's a couple of uh, other trades that I don't think we need to react on, but JaVel McGee has gone to the uh, to the Nuggets. Uh, Wanamaker has gone to Golden State. Marquise Chris has gone to San Antonio. Uh, Delon Wright has gone to Sacramento. I don't think we need to vote on these. These are minor moves. However, I would like to close with which team you think the Marcus Aldridge will be going with and we'll go around the room. I'll start off. I, I think what the rumours are saying, I think he, I think he'd be a good fit for him. It's a big upgrade over a Linux for them. I mean, I don't think they can be sad about that. I think he... Oh, go on, Frank. I would just say, I think it might actually end up being someone else like um, Boston, uh, where he can get maybe a little bit more playing time, uh, just because I don't know if he's that much better than Bielita, who they also picked up. I am going to go with the Clippers. Uh, I don't think Aldridge is a culture fit for the Heat. That's my thoughts. Uh, I, I want to say Lakers. I would like to, uh, you know, I'm going to say all of us got different answers. I want to say Lakers. Um, my worry is I'm not sure how Aldridge and Montrez will fit both coming off the bench at the same time. I'm not sure how much defense there will, there will be. But if it's just pure offense, fuck it. Let's go for it. Just have Montrez and Aldridge there, send them out of four and five, see what happens. Because we all know the Clippers, um, the Lakers were interested in getting a center. Maybe they can still pick up Drummond, seeing what happens with him or some other center that may be bought out. If they can't, maybe Lakers are like, you know what, next best, next best result. Let's go get Aldridge. And great transition, Ed, because the last player I'm going to ask you on is Andre Drummond. Where is he going? <laughs> um, fuck. I've used my Lakers answer, so I need to think of something else. Oh, Lord <laughs> Jesus. Please do not say that to me. Let's say he's going to go to Brooklyn. <laughs> Oh, he's gonna go man. to the net. He's gonna go to Please the net. Somehow, don't go to the net. Somehow they're gonna figure it out. They're gonna get there. He's gonna go to the nets, and it's gonna be a rotation of, <laughs> which would have been amazing in 2015. Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond. Are we talking about an all-star team here? What is going on? And their bench. Their bench is decent as well. Harris. Shamit. Shamit. Oh, you got Larry. Jeff Shammett. Green. Oh, yeah, after his year in Orlando, DeAndre <laughs> Jordan as a backup as a backup oh, center yeah, after over over after Drummond. I'm not I'm not unhappy with that. With their team though, because he's like DeAndre Jordan is a defender and a rim runner, mm-hmm. and Andre Drummond is not a great defender and is big and slow. Team that needs to be quick and have a lot of space. So I'm a little bit like, how does he even fit in? I think he does better for the Lakers 
because he can fill the void while AD and LeBron are out. And then come the playoffs, he probably will just play 10 minutes a game when AD is on the bench. Fine. Are you, are you saying that Andre Drummond is the exact opposite of uh, DeAndre Jordan? I'm saying DeAndre is Jordan is, I think, slightly more suited to uh, that role on the Nets. Isn't that what you want? Two different big men. You know, I'm just saying. Good work. Uh, I don't think Brooklyn needs a centre who can sort of do more than just rebound and feed their star players. Are you, who, who are you? Who, where do you think Drummond's going? I think Brooklyn as well. I'm going to go with the Knicks. They've been in talks. Why not? I don't know what happens to Mitchell Robinson. He's a bit of a beat, but um, maybe he ends up in, in New York. And if anyone can get Drummond's whipped into shape and overplay him, it's going to be tips. It depends what Drummond sure. wants. It depends if he wants a free ring or if he wants more playing time. <sighs> Just the problem with players, they do want rings now, don't they? So Very sunny in LA. Very nice weather in LA. Much nicer than Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that wraps up our trade deadline talk thank you to you all for your your insightful thoughts um it just makes it the best league in the world man anything can happen there's still things coming in i'd like to thank our, our orlando magic correspondent um and condolences to you because the tanking is on now so the grind starts now if you look at our currency our current roster minus our injuries it just looks like a g league team and straight up, I, uh, I want to give a shout out to Terence Ross, who I think is easily the biggest loser of this trade deadline. He's been abandoned. And if you go to his Twitter right now and look what he's been putting out, it's heartbreaking because he's having a meltdown. <laughs> Everyone's gone and left him there. And he could have been a great player for literally any team that wants to compete. He's just instant offense. And he's been left behind in a sinking ship. <laughs> uh, Ultra made a point you're talking about the current G League champions with the Lakeland Magic so you know what maybe we are focusing on the G League team that's, 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 that's what we're trying to focus on for the next couple of years we can put some banners up I love that I love that yeah so thank you again thank you again to the Orlando Magic correspondent James Ultra House Lasky and Salt Bray um, we we'll be back uh, next week to talk about, you know, what, what else has happened in this crazy league. So, yeah, from the sick man myself and everybody else, so run out. Peace. Yeah.